and good morning, good afternoon, potentially good evening, and welcome to Big Small Business Big Leadership with myself, Odette Beard, and Christy Pretorius, the absolutely most amazing leader of leaders that I have ever met in my entire life. And I'm always very privileged and very excited to have you on our podcast. And we have a few things that we want to discuss today. Um, progressively talking about a multitude of things as we do because we are well-rounded, holistic individuals who are interested and do a multitude of things. But to kick us off, Krista, why don't you tell us what is the very first thing on our list today? Well, first of all, thank you, Adit, for um, having me once again. I really appreciate it. Always a privilege to uh, speak to you and also to the, the people out there. It's a great privilege, great honor. Um, the first aspect that we're going to speak about today, you know, is how do you lead your team into constant growth and trying new things, especially, you know, with the, the new technology, AI, you know, Web3, those type of aspects. I think that's the first thing that we want to want to hit this morning. Um, the first thing that comes to mind in, in my personal life and the people that I've experienced is there's this aspect of people are scared. They're afraid, they're un, un, unaware, they're not sure how things are working. And that brings, you know, a couple of things in people's lives. And so I think that's the first thing that we have to maybe address is to just encourage people out there, you know, do it afraid. You just have to have to jump in it, you know. It's like, how do you learn to swim? Well, you can watch swim videos, you can read books, you can try all the, the, the theory behind it, but until you get down and, and into the practical None of those things are, are going to happen. So I think as leaders, it's important that we understand this concept of just do it afraid. Yeah. And then secondly, Odette, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in you as the leader has to go first. You have to show the way. You have to lead the way. You have to lead by example. And so yeah. if you are going to be tentative and scared of new technology or new things in your industry, then that is going to filter through within your company, your organization, or whoever the people are that you are leading. So I, I really believe leading by example is a key aspect in achieving anything or even exploring any new possibility or opportunity. I love that. So I, I want to go back to the first thing you said, which was, which was do it afraid. And I think many times we don't do things because we tell ourselves stories about why it won't work, why it's a bad idea, and all the things that could go wrong. And um, unfortunately, there is an insurer in South Africa that that <laughs> went on the what could go wrong kind of vibe. And it, it's, it's an interesting ad. It's not something that I love. But we do. We think about what could go wrong. And I wonder what would happen if we said, well, what could go right? Yeah. What are the possibilities? of this thing. And I also, I want to encourage leaders out there when it comes to learning new things and when it comes to encouraging your team to do, to learn new things and even for yourself, there's got to be some acknowledgement that we are going to be making mistakes, obviously. Yeah. So when it comes to, for example, using AI to streamline your business or for things to become more efficient or your team is testing it, there probably will be a day where your team copy and pastes exactly what ChatGPT has said, they didn't filter it, and you will find afterwards that a customer tells you that ChatGPT was wrong 
or that there was some horrible mistake. And you know what? You just roll with the punches because we learn from those experiences and your team needs to know that it's okay to fail forward because yeah. if they are too scared to make a mistake, they will never try anything and your business will stagnate and suffer as a result of it. Um, the second thing you said was to just jump in and you, you only learn to swim when you actually jump in the water. And that's, that's so true. I think about all the times, you know, when you, you like scroll through Instagram and there's all these real quick videos about, oh, here's this kind of a hack that I bet you didn't know. And then I scroll through and I go, oh, that's brilliant. I'm going to remember this. Yeah, no, no. Because then I get to Canva and I'm like, what, what was that thing again? It seemed so simple. I, I can't remember. And I also don't bother go to go look for the video again. So then, whoops, I don't know. So the only way to know whether or not this is a good thing or to learn from this is to actually do it. Absolutely. And, you know, the quicker you do it, um, I think the better. You know, last week, well, actually this week, yeah, it was this week, we were buying some fruit. And normally my wife, she she cuts up all the fruit, especially the pineapple, and, you know, she enjoys doing that. But um, she was busy with uh, a new member in the family. And so it was my responsibility. And so the first thing that I did, I was like, hey, let me go to TikTok and just type in, how do you feel? <laughs> Um, a <laughs> pineapple, and secondly was a, a, a bao bao, a popo, a papaya, and so um, I just quickly type it in, and wow, there was like these great hacks, and I, I, I watched the video, and I did it immediately, I tried it immediately, and it worked like a charm, oh. and so I'm not going to forget that, because I didn't just look at the video, I actually implemented it immediately. And so I think a lot of times we shoot ourselves in the foot when we, you know, we, we delay, you know, that execution. And then it becomes, or people come to a place of stagnation where it's almost impossible for them to, to do something. You know, there's so much, so, many inform, so much information out there. And that with all that information, people are still not executing. So I definitely agree with you on, on that, it's to, it's to jump into it. On the first point that you also mentioned about, you know, People are going to copy stuff directly from chat GPT. You know, it's been happening since the, the start of civilization. I mean, I even remember when I was in, in high school, I was thinking of a story as she was speaking. We were supposed to do an English assignment. And I mean, I was terrible at, um, at that at school. It was not my favorite subject. And so what I did is I used somebody else's creative um, work that they have done. But I was clever. I copied something from somebody that was not in my class so that the teacher will not pick it up. But lo and behold, <laughs> the person that I copied it from copied it from somebody else, yeah. else. And it turned out that there was one person that wrote this article and about six or seven of her friends copied it and they were in different classes. And so the teacher, the way she picked it up is that we, we all make the same spelling errors in the, in the whole thing. And so... Um, she asked me, like, did you copy it from this person? I said, no, I didn't. And it was the truth. I didn't. I copied it from somebody else, but I didn't copy it from that <laughs> specific person. But people were copying work. People were doing plagiarism, you know, since the, since the beginning of civilization. And, you know, we just got to realize that if we're always going to be afraid, like you say, we're not going to do anything. You know, you, you, you have to step into that aspect. I believe if we lead by example, one of the things that, that as leaders we have the ability to see ahead is we can see what some of those problems might be 
and we can already adapt to how we're going to address those things when it does happen. I was speaking to somebody last night um, on a coaching call that, um, you know, busy with their, their business and they're just trying to finalize, you know, a couple more things. And I said to him, you know, you can wait all you want, but the, the perfect time is never going to arise. You have to plan what you want to do, how you want to do it, and start laying it out. And then that execution will take place. So if you're out there, you're scared of technology, you're not sure if you need to try and test these things, the, the encouragement I can give you today is, first of all, lead by example. But then try to assess and look at what are the future problems that might arise and just put some systems and structures in place that's going to counter that. So you mentioned something really interesting, actually, in your fruit story. And that is that sometimes your role changes when things change <laughs> around you. And that's, that's so true for leadership as well. There might actually be someone that you employ. Steve Jobs uh, says, um, employ smart people. We should employ smart people to, to, to create products and services that wow the world, right? It's not employ smart people so that you can tell them what to do because then mm. what was the point of employing them? So basically what it boils down to is when we have new things happening in the world as we do all the time, as you so aptly mentioned, that sometimes means that we are complete novices in this new thing. And there might actually be someone who is a complete expert, which means that we need to change our role. Yeah. And what does that look like in a leadership organization or the leader of an organization who's now brought in this person who now knows a whole lot more about marketing and AI and this new thing and this new way of working than you, the leader? A very interesting um, that you mentioned that I, I listened to a clip yesterday of Warren Buffett. He's got this philosophy that he doesn't employ people um, or he uses it this example. He says, if you buy a dog, I'm not going to teach him or tell him how to bark. That dog's going to bark the way he's going to bark. And he says that he doesn't employ people and tell them what to do. He employs people for their competence and then he allows them to live that up. Oh. And so I think it's important as leaders that, you know, if you employ people to take the company further in certain aspects is to have that security and that, you know, character trait of I'm going to trust these people. That's what I brought them on board, you know. And so your role changes from you doing everything where now you are scouting and employing people that are enabled to do those things that, that you couldn't do. And it's not so much that, you know, you're not good at it as a leader. It simply means that your role has changed. We, we, we've got the saying so many times in businesses to stop working in the business and start working on the business. And I think that will be true for, for many years to come. And, and that's maybe the, the missing link is that, you know, leaders still want to be involved in every nitty gritty aspect yeah. of their business, where your role is changing from you being the person that's doing everything to you being the one that's overseeing that, scouting talent, seeing possibilities, seeing opportunities, seeing where there might be some, some problems arising. So I think that's, for me, a debt where it comes in, the aspect of your role is changing. You might have started out being the best person in the business, but it's definitely, if you want to remain the best person, the know-it-all in the business, then you know all the best. Your business might not grow as big as you want it to grow. So, uh, I mean, Warren Buffett, like he's one of the wealthiest men in the world. So I think it's a very good, you know, methodology. Some good advice. Pardon? 
some good advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You know, leadership, you have to be, I mean, you have to be strong. I was, I was thinking about this just before we, we, we talked is you lead by example. You know, secondly is you have to create a culture. I think we spoke about culture, you know, before. But if, if there's not a culture within your organization of growth, of taking risks, of improving yourself, you're going to see it filter through. There's this amazing story that I heard years ago about this young boy. He was catching these crabs at the ocean and he was putting them in a bucket, but there was no lid on the bucket. And there was this guy that came past and he says, hey, young man, you need to put a lid on this bucket. These crabs are going to climb out. And he said to, to, the, to the man, he says, no, just have a look. Just stand there for a couple of minutes. And so what happened is I can't remember the exact species of crab, but these crabs would climb on top of each other. And then one of the crabs will take his claw and put it on the brim of the bucket. And as it's about to climb out, the crab at the bottom will pull it down. And oh, then the wow. next one on top and they will pull him down. They will pull him down. And none of those crabs could ever get out of that bucket because the one at the bottom would continuously pull the other one down because they want to get out first. Where if they just allowed the one to get out and then pull everybody else up. And so the principle that I find there is the principle of culture. It is the way that those crabs just know how things are working. If one of them take the initiative, and that's the problem within organizations. If we have a culture, or if you have a culture where you don't have innovation as a, a, a cornerstone and continual growth, you know, personal development, then you're going to see that happening within your organization. So I think culture plays a vital part within a, a part within organization. And there are many ways that, you know, obviously you can build on your culture and increase your culture. Um, so, yeah, I think that is very, very important um, to have. And also creating a clear pathway. As a leader, it's important that you create the pathway. You give the direction of where you want things to go. It, it's actually a great, you know, position to be in being the leader within organization because you have the ability. I think John Maxwell says that, you know, anybody can charge a course, but few people can steer a ship. And so as a leader, you have that opportunity to steer that ship into the direction that you believe it needs to go. Absolutely. I love that because, so that's for me, one of the, the cornerstones of success whether it's in life, whether it's in business, it really doesn't actually matter. If you are not clear, if you do not have clarity about where you're going and what it is you want to achieve, you can't take people on the journey. And um, I mean, you know, at the summit, we talked about those three pillars of success and the foundation of a business, which is clarity, clarity in where we're going, clarity in who we are, clarity yep. in how we are accountability so that people know that it actually matters that you do your job and you do it properly and consistency because it's the cornerstone of any perfect or any memorable experience. There's nothing worse than showing up to McDonald's and getting your burger flopped to the one side and then next week it looks perfect and then next week it's it's terrible again. So it, it really is, it's interwoven and intertwined and as much as this is a leadership podcast, I want to I think there is a, a realization that everything is weaved together. If if your leadership, um, and we actually had this conversation in the beginning of the of the summit, if you've got poor leadership in your organization, then kind of everything else just falls apart. Yeah. But to have good leadership means that you have to be clear, you have to be brave, and it actually starts. 
it starts with who you are as an individual. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is an opportunity to take people on a journey. Um, leadership is about who you are. And we, we opened up this conversation today with leadership means to be courageous. And it's an internal intrinsic thing. It's not something that you're going to pick up from a, from a bookshelf. You can't go and buy it at Coles or at Woolies. It's something you've got to have. And sometimes yeah. it means that you're standing in front of these people and you're shaking inside, but you are portraying courage and you're portraying fortitude because that's what people need for you to lead in uncertain times. And if there's ever been an uncertain time, I think this is, this is it. The world yeah. has gone crazy. Nothing is certain. You may or may not have a job. AI may or may not take your job. I, I mean, it's it, uncertainty is all around and it's an opportunity for leaders to stand up and go, hey, it's going to be okay. We've yep. got this. I've got a plan. And suddenly everyone's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can do this. That's right. You know, for many years, people were speaking about, you know, thinking outside of the box, thinking outside of the box. I mean, I did, like you said, I mean, the world is going crazy. Some of the most, you know, intricate facets of society is being challenged currently, you know, and, and not getting into too much detail on, on those type of things. But, you know, just think about it. Like so many things are being questioned right now. Yeah. If we as business owners are not going to, I don't want to say question, you know, but we need to ask the questions because, you know, if you question something, it's like you're doubting it. But asking a question is to deep, to, to deep, uh, to dive deeper into something. You know? So we have to start asking a lot of questions within our business. Once again, if, if the very facet of society can be, can be challenged, you know, and, and we as business owners are not even challenging our operating procedures or challenging, you know, the vision we have, the mission we have, you know, diving into technology, Web3, you know, chat GPT, AI, all these type of things, we will be left behind. Yes. And so we can take the negativity of what's happening in society and we can complain about it, or we can look at it from a different aspect and saying, listen, everything is being challenged currently. So let me also challenge myself and then step into the new, step into the possibilities that might be, that, that might be out there. Just imagine if none of the um, the fathers of, of, of years ago ever stepped out of their country, stepped out of their colony. They would have never discovered, you know, the world that we have today. And so there's so much out there. But, you know, it's, it's possible that people are, are getting stuck because they're unsure, uncertain, they're scared. So this is the time to step out and to try new things. And if you fail, great. You know, we all do. You know, let's keep going. Let's move forward. It's all about failing forward. And I know it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a cliche, especially if you've been to um, any leadership development program anywhere in the world, everyone talks about failing forward. But it really is. Because once you've failed, you know what not to do. And you have a really good story to tell about why you really should not do that. So... I mean, there, there are obviously risks. I had a conversation with an insurer on Wednesday who shared that in their business, in their, in their world, there are things that are really life and death. Um, and those are things that you can't afford to let fall over. But then there are things where 
you know, people jump up and down and you get this email and all emails are important and everything suddenly becomes urgent. But you've got to make that distinction between what is really life and death and what is not. And the reality is for most of us, insurers set aside, there is very little that we can actually lose. Quite often when there's a, a deadline or whatever, it's a self-imposed deadline. When there's, oh dear, if I said the wrong thing, then my whole world is going to fall apart. It's not entirely true. It's more no. like someone's going to come back and say, maybe you shouldn't have said it quite like that. And then you go back, you apologize and you move on, right? Yep. There are very few things in life that are so devastating that you can't come back from. Now there are things and we won't talk about those things, but there are things and you must be aware of them. And I, my advice would be not to do those things. But the reality is we can't not live our lives because we're scared of yep. what the outcome could be. What could go wrong is the worst question you should be asking yourself. What you should be asking yourself is what could go right? Definitely. Donald Trump, uh, I know obviously a lot of people like him, a lot of people don't. He's like um, Marmite. <laughs> well, I like Marmite, so I also like Donald Trump. I've been following his stuff and reading a lot of his books for many, many, many years. But he, he mentioned something in, I can't remember, one of his books where he said that, you know, he doesn't take risks. He says all of his risks that he takes are calculated risks. And when he said that, it was like, you know what, that brought so much clarity. He spoke about clarity. Um, and maybe it's, it's to help people is that, you know, failing forward or, you know, failing or trying new things we're not saying here is that you take what works and you throw it out of the window and you go try something totally different. That's not what we're saying. If you have, like my grandmother, she passed away a couple of years ago, she had, in my opinion, the best uh, milk tart recipe. Now, if you're not from South Africa and you know what milk tart is, you are missing up. But she had the best milk tart recipe. So I'm not saying change the recipe. But how you market that, how you sell that, where you sell that, those are avenues that you can explore. So if you have your secret sauce and if you have your product and it's 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 nailed, it's perfect, keep that. But there are aspects around your business that you need to innovate and, and work into. And, and bringing in what Donald Trump said is that you take those calculated risks. I mean, it's going to be uh, ludicrous if you're just going to jump into something without doing any prior research. I mean, we're not yeah. saying that. But it's to take those incremental steps towards the unknown and and calculate what are the things that you need to do and then you got to jump you know yeah absolutely i i 100 agree with that i i often think people think i'm a little bit um crazy because i'll be like well let's try it but in i i always used to say i shoot from the hip but i shoot from the hip after having spent the past three hours or the past 10 hours investigating what could happen if I shot from the hip. So my shoot from the hip is never quite a shoot from the hip kind of vibe, but it is. And there is, I had a leader many, many years ago who was so strategic. He thought through every single interaction, every nothing he did was just doing something. Everything was very strategic all the time. And I used to think, oh my goodness, that's like, like how much energy does that consume? Yeah. And yes, to some extent, it does consume a fair amount of energy, but you also you become strategically fit, I think, because you start thinking through the possibilities and your brain starts working out how's this going to work and what do we do? And, you know, and once you get into that habit, then you start operating differently. 
And yeah. I think it's a call to business owners and to leaders of organizations to start operating differently. Yeah. There is no time for us to be flippant. There is no time for us to really shoot from the hip. There is a lot at stake. And I, I know I just said there's very few things that are life and death, but there is a lot at stake. And we do have to pay attention to these things. And this is where you as a leader have to be courageous. You have to go test out this scary new technology and see, feel like an idiot. Because I know when there's new technology, I feel like an idiot. I like, I sit there, I feel like a two-year-old trying to figure out how my phone works. <laughs> but at some point, I move from being a two-year-old who's trying to figure out how this phone works to a 10-year-old who knows exactly how the phone works. Yeah. And then I can show you exactly how it works. But it takes courage Absolutely. to go, I don't know right now, but I'm going to yes. find out. Yeah. I did. What would you say to um, a business owner that has, you know, a fairly, you know, large business? It's easy if you have, you know, three employees to take risks because, you know, if it fails, we all fail and it's great. We'll try again. But if you have, you know, 50 you know, people and families that are dependent on you, you know, you can't just take those risks because it affects a lot more people. Absolutely. How would you encourage, you know, those people that, that are saying, listen, there's too much at stake for me at this stage in my life to risk it and to lose it all? Oh, really? That's a fantastic question. <laughs> <laughs> so the reality is that if you don't, if you don't risk it, you'll never know. Also, you potentially might end up shutting your business down because you were too scared to risk it. So then the next question is, how do we de-risk or how do we manage the risk? So if you've got a large organization, risk management should be in your vocabulary and it should be something that you are very comfortable with. And then it's about approaching those risks with a mitigated framework. Um, in the organizations that I've worked with and guided before, which are also very large organizations. It's always about understanding what is your risk appetite and then creating frameworks around that so that you can manage the risk. So you can never create, and I know people are like, oh, bureaucracy is a pain in the butt. I get that. But you can never create an environment if you don't have controls in place to make sure that A, it happens consistently and B, that people are sticking to the rules because we have to have those things in place. So you start off with understanding what your appetite is and then you create a framework around that to say if it were if we were to try for example new technology what are the parameters within which we allow people to test new technology let's use chat gpt for example let's use a large insurer who has a marketing team who who needs to create marketing content so chat gpt has the potential of reducing your um, content generation time from hours of someone having to sit through thinking about the things that they need to say to seconds. Like they can, ChatGPT or most of the AIs are able to create a strategy that is sound based on 2021. If you've got BART, you could potentially search the internet and get the latest strategies. So they, they have access to content and information which your grad who studied at university does not have access to. In fact, a lot of the information that's currently being taught in, in university is obsolete. It's at least 10 years old. So university is not where you're going to find the latest information. So now you pop into chat, chat GPT, you want these people to use it. How do you let them use it? You say, guys, let's test it. And let's create 
um, a baseline or a, an experiment room kind of thing where we go and we test it, but we have parameters in place. So you can't copy paste. You can't use directly what you've, what you've gotten and just use it in our marketing. It's got to be tested first. We have to go put a process in place where people go and check whether or not it's factual or correct and it's not offensive. Um, if it comes to language, there is, if you're a large organization, you have to have a, um, a language standard. So what language do we use as an organization? And you make sure that that aligns to your language. It aligns, aligns to your brand. All of those checks and balances must be in place. And then, you know, people will come back and say, well, this is what worked and this is what didn't. Having said that, if you don't put a post implementation review in place, then nobody is going to share with you the learnings. So you've got to get into the rhythm. Now, I get that that sounds like, oh, but that means we have to have more meetings and that we have to have more processes and someone's got to document this thing. But what if you don't? What if you don't document it? What if you don't have the meeting? What if you don't have the conversation? You will never no. learn. You will never know what worked. Equally, you'll never know what didn't work. And you will keep making the same mistakes over and over again. You said it before in one of our, in one of our conversations, you've got to slow down to speed up. And this is that slowing down to speed up in a corporate environment or in a larger organization environment. We have to be aware of the risks. We can never be risk-free. And once we are understanding of our, of, our, um, of our risk appetites and we've got appropriate measures in place, then you can let your people go. That's why you have things like um, cull limits or um, delegated authority. Those things exist because we, we are happy for Christo to make a purchasing decision up to $2 million. And when it, it's $2 million and $1, it's got to go to somebody else to sign off because now we need a second person to test. You didn't employ an idiot, so you shouldn't treat them like idiots. Give yeah. them the rules. Give them the parameters. We spoke about um, the, the, the lines on the road. There's the yellow line, there's the dotted line in the middle, and then there's a solid line and you don't cross... If you give people parameters, they will operate in those parameters because for the most part, people want to show up and do their best. They don't want to come and mess your life up. They really want to show up and do their best and they want you to be proud of them. So equip them so that you can be proud of them. Absolutely. I like what you said to build that framework um, of risk. That is, that is so good. That is so good. Um, I was thinking about investing, you know, whenever you, you want to invest, people normally ask, you know, are you are you, are you going to invest aggressive or moderate or you know do you just want to make sure that your money is going to grow you know slow but it's going to be a safe investment and i suppose that type of mindset and methodology you know is the same towards you know taking this risk in business Absolutely. Um, so yeah thank you for sharing that i think that is that is i mean i made a note of this building a framework of risk i think that is something that you know we can definitely explore um, further on in the, the weeks and months to come because, you know, whether we like it or not, you know, change is coming. And it's, we have yeah. to adapt, you know. Uh, Charles Darwin had this, this quote. He says, it's not the strongest of the species that survive, but those that are most adaptable to change. And so I believe, you know, it's important that we realize that change is coming. It's inevitable. We need, we need to adapt, we need to prepare ourselves, and we need to get ready for, for that. Absolutely. So 
Krista, as we as we end off today's um, broadcast, what is your parting thought for business leaders, for organizational leaders, for parents around being courageous? Yeah, um, I'm just going to say this again. You know, you got to lead by example. Um, like we spoke earlier, you know, we we've been blessed to have a new addition to the family. And we've been parents now for three weeks in and two days, and it's been it's been amazing. Um, and I've just realized that you know we I have to lead by example. You know, yes, this little bundle of joy, this little son that we have, and um, he's going to learn everything for the next couple of months and years from two people, which is going to be me and and obviously my wife, his mother. And so I have to lead by example. You know, the way we talk, the way we do things you know what we do everything is going to be absorbed um, and it's going to be reflected in in his behavior you know and so how i um you know i'm going to respond to situations and and things in the next couple of weeks and months is going to be very very important in his life and his upbringing you know um so i think that's that's definitely one thing secondly is is perspective you know my brother uh, visited from cape town um on on monday night or tuesday night and he said something so profound it it really it really hit hard um because you know everybody's asking me are you getting sleep you know how's the evening going how's the feeling going and so for me i've got this mindset that irrespective i'm just going to enjoy whatever we do like this morning at three o'clock you know my son or son he was just wide awake blue eyes open i just looked at him and i just smiled i was like this is so amazing you know at three o'clock in the morning i get to look at my son and, um, you know, just talk to him. But my brother said this to me, and it, it really hit hot to me, or hit home. He said this, the nights are long, but the years go by so quickly. They do. And when he said that, it hit me. It's like, you know what? That is such an aspect of perspective. Mm. Is We can either complain about, you know, the tough situation that we go through. And it feels like it's dragging on forever. And it's the same in business where you have one bad call or one bad, you know, aspect in your business. And it feels like this thing is dragging on forever. Yet the years go by so quickly. Yes. And so I would just encourage you, whatever you have to do to get perspective on where you are, where business is, where your family is, more than ever, I believe it's important for, for men, for husbands to stand up, to take the lead in their homes and lead their families well. We need it more than ever. If you just look at what's happening around us, it is the time for men to arise. It's time to man up. It's time to take the lead um, and be the example, you know, that you want you, um, to see in your in your family. So, yeah, I think that'll be my parting thoughts. Lead by example and get perspective on where you are in life. I love that. Thank you so much, Christo. Well, there you have it. Um, perspective for me, it's it's... Yes, lead by example. Yes, it's perspective, but it's also be in the moment. Um, I think yeah. if, if there's anything that kids teach us is to it is to enjoy the the moment for what it is and to be present. And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges adults have. The older we get, the harder it is to be in the moment because we get so distracted. So thank you so much for joining us today. If you are watching the replay, then hashtag replay. Remember to leave your thoughts and comments in, in the comment section on whichever channel you're watching us from. I just want to say a quick hey 
to Janine, who's joined us on LinkedIn, and Brenda, who's joined us also on LinkedIn. Have a fabulous Friday, guys, and we will see you next week with Janine, where we are going to talk all things marketing and business growth strategies. So have a fabulous weekend. See you soon. Bye.